So dessert is chilling. I've been told to tell you that dessert is chilling. Sometimes we put it out in the beginning, sometimes we don't, just to piss everybody off. We bring it out in the end. It's chilling. It's chilling in the kitchen so that it seems better. Some things have to chill. This is funny. I set the room up this way, and it's heavy and lopsided on the left. People are normally used to sitting like that. You're saying heavier people on the left? No, 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 you're not heavier. I, oh, I totally did. <laughs> so here's the quick year in review. I mentioned to some of you we did an MTL year zero. The idea was, where's this going? How's it going to evolve? How it's, how's it going to adapt? What's going to take place? We took the uh, example of a school that started and didn't put in sidewalks and just figured out where people walk. And then they came back and they built the sidewalks after they figured out where people had walked. So years, year zero, extremely experimental. Let's try this out. Let's see what fits. Let's see what doesn't. Um, this is what we talked about in year zero. I'm just going to blow through it fast. Is that cool? Here we go. Life is a gift. God wastes nothing. Living an uncluttered life. The five filter. That was this talk about, like, come up with five things that you want to pursue. Have your hand in front of you all the time and know what those five things are. Um, the best is yet ahead. We learned and played Bunko. That was an important thing. What are the ingredients of a good story? Your life is like a work of art. You are free to fail. The universe is on your side. See abundance instead of scarcity. Um, truth is free for all. Let the truth set you free. Dream out loud. You are free to be you. Fourness, living in a manner that invites and inspires other people to thrive at their lives. Um, we talked about socks and spirituality. The idea of spirituality being something here and now and earthy. We talked about living to 11. We talked about amplifiers that don't go past 10. What would it mean to live to the number 11? Um, death by comparison, we talked about freedom. We talked about being fully human. We talked about no more keeping score in relation to forgiveness. We talked about the long, difficult, painful process of forgiveness. We talked about changing the way that the world works. Oh, it's just the way the world works. How can we change that? We talked about what forgiveness is and what forgiveness isn't. We talked about the voices in our heads and how to walk all over them. We talked about how to let shit go. One of my personal things. Then we talked about um, how to stop hustling for worthiness. The question isn't if we're worthy or when we're worthy. The real truth is we're worthy now. You are worthy now. Uh, we talked about the word kavod. We talked about how Peyton Manning and I are alike. <laughs> we talked about divine DNA. We talked about the flow to the shared story that we're living, how it's headed somewhere good. We talked about the acronym TINSTAFFLE. There is no such thing as a free lunch by economics teacher in middle school, and what that means, and how we're supposed to give to people around us. We talked about the fact that you should love yourself. We should talk about that one all the time. Um, we talked about being set free to joy. We talked about living a life less distracted and with intention. We talked about breathing and slowing down. We talked about finding depth in the ordinary. We talked about getting physical with truth. That was the whole mishap when I said it was Madonna and it wasn't, right? Right? Uh, Olivia Newton John, Let's Get Physical. Song. We talked about let's get physical with truth. Um, the idea there was, just so I don't leave you hanging, uh, the truth is bigger and more expansive than mental gymnastics. 
Truth isn't meant to be memorized or written down. Truth is meant to be lived. And so that's how we talked about the idea of truth. Um, we talked about the idea of, last time, see, give, live. Those were the three we're going to be on the last time. So this one, um, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe just perhaps you read the paper. Or maybe you looked at the article I taped the table back there. And so you read something in the paper about filling in, segueing out of this, this organization called Summit County Youth. And then as you read the article, you were like, whoa, it's for real. It's legit. So in case you didn't read it, this is happening. It's real. It's moving forward. It's something official. That's right. More to Rife is going to happen. <laughs> right? More to Rife. If you didn't read the article, he totally messed up the acronym. He called it more to life, and then right after that, he wrote MTR. No. And he kept writing MTR. No. But anyway, it's too good. More to write. It's going to be a joke for the last decade. Now, so more to life is around. Seriously, uh, just to give you the update, I'm in the, I'm in the deep throes of making more to life its own 501c3. Uh, I'm writing a couple of grants. I'm talking to some potential large donors. I'm talking to you guys and some other people about what it means like, to maybe support this financially, what it means to support this thing by being a part of it, what it means to dream out loud as a group. And we're talking to like some people near and far who are gonna be participating through the blog and they're gonna participate with Visit. We're gonna see what we can even do in the summer next year. With all of that said, MTL will be pressing pause and the great thing about pause is that you come back and press play again. And so this summer, I have some things to wrap my head around and, and some classes to take and some things to do so that in order for More to Life to ramp right back up again in September and really chase after some fun stuff, uh, we're pressing pause for the summer. So this is kind of the last More to Life of year zero. It's also slightly the beginning of year one, but that kind of feels a little early because it's like, wait a second, not really. Um, that will really happen in September. But that's the fast update on more to life. If you have more questions, you can always ask me. But that's enough kind of about year zero um, and year one beginning. Um, some questions I do have out there that you can ponder as we, as we go into this, but uh, I'm, I'm getting questions like, wait a minute, how, how would More to Life target youth? It's a good question. Um, are we gonna have lip sync battles? It's <laughs> another good question. It's a popular question. <laughs> um, it's a question. Everybody seems to ask that one. Yeah. When are we gonna do a lip sync battle? I don't know. It might be coming. Um, questions like, would More to Life ever consider doing a weekend retreat? Interesting. Could it be possible for More to Life to plan some kind of service project trip? Love that question. Um, would you ever consider organizing a monthly breakfast for women since they like to get up early, or a monthly lunch for men since they don't like to get up early? <laughs> so, interesting. I would love any kind of feedback about that stuff. We always leave out the sticky notes, and there's some cards back there that you can write stuff on, especially at the end of tonight. You can also be expecting from me in the near weeks some kind of a survey. Consider it homework, and then fill it out and send it back, or drop it off at our house, or take a picture of it with your phone. Whatever you do, just get it back to us, because again, this is meant for you. It's meant for us, collectively. 
And, and more life is going to keep changing, and it's going to keep adapting, and it's going to keep evolving. That's good news because it's going to get better and better and better, right? Um, we're, we're small enough that we can do that. Like tomorrow, we can change. <laughs> it's like, boom, that's what we are now. It's all right. I love that aspect of this. Now, tonight, I wanted to talk about, I put this phrase up here, it's Latin. I'm just trusting that it's right. Anybody? Latin? No? Okay. So, that's a Latin phrase. I know 100% what it means. Uh, it's kind of the motto of being 30 seconds to Mars, who I kind of fell in love with because their lead singer is weird. And he's an actor. Wait, no, he's a musician. Wait, like, what is this guy? He's just chasing after life in all of its forms and fashions, trying to do different things. And that kind of became their tag motto. What it means is launch forth into the deep. Other translations say dive into the mystery, go out into the great unknown, rocket into highness, march on into higher grounds. Launch forth into the deep. I'm not even going to try and pronounce it. We're going to get to this word later, and I just wrote this up there for all of you who needed a good quote for today. Rob Bell, in his most recent book, said, you has never been attempted better about myself. <laughs> it's like, hang on, this has never happened. Like, I can calm down a little bit. You've never been attempted before. You're completely unique, miraculous. It's never been done. You have never been done before. It made me feel good. Um, I want to tell you guys a couple of stories. Any natural born skeptics in the room? Thank you. I don't think I'm skeptical when it comes to all of life, am I? <laughs> Pessimistic and skeptical. But so anyway. When it, when it comes to anything concerning church or spirituality, I am all in with skepticism right away. Promise you. Promise you. Um, I'm that guy in the room. Debunking you, deconstructing you. Kind of ripping you apart slightly in my head. But just like being like, I don't know if that's for real. That's funny, and I'm going to tell you a little bit why I think I am that way. But I grew up in a church that was called Charismatic. So by definition, it's a church that's full of charisma, right? So lots of things are going on in that church. Lots of things are happening. And I could tell you stories, lots of stories. But we only have time for this very important story tonight. And I am going to be looking at this a little bit more than I would normally because I have a couple of things that I really, really want to hit. But I'm basically going to tell you a story, one in particular, that confronted my skepticism and eventually blew my mind. Uh, still does. I'm probably going to get chills when I tell this story because it hits that close to home for me. It's basically the condensed version of the true story behind the scenes of Sky, right? And quite honestly, it involves some breadcrumbs that, have, that has led to more to life, which I personally didn't see coming. Didn't see it coming at all. Should have, probably like 10 years ago. Didn't. And now we're here. And I'm standing up here, and this is awesome. But here we go. I graduated high school back in 1996. As students love to point out, dang, you were born in the 1900s. Yes, <laughs> it was. And so 1996, <laughs> graduated. So back in the 1900s, the late 1990s, uh, I was very involved with a charismatic church, like I said. And I have no idea what the year was. 
But there's this man who's coming to our church, and people were talking him up as this, this guy who had this kind of special gift, special ability. What was this special gift, this special ability? This guy would, would see people, and he would, he would pray over them. And it wasn't just any kind of a prayer, though. He would, he would talk. It was like as if he was like somehow tapping into God. And he would pray. He would say things about your potential future. Now, in the church that I grew up, they called this prophetic. Okay. So he would speak prophetic things about you and your potential future. Things that maybe God had in store for you. Things that you could step into eventually, down the line. Um, it was kind of a way of saying out loud that there's kind of this sort of path that God has in mind for you. And you should feel special now because you know it. Um, does that make sense? A little bit? Okay. This guy was around for several nights. Uh, my family and I went every night, and it was very interesting for my little skeptical mind to listen to this. So what you need to know is in my church, too, like, they had a microphone, so he's, he's saying all this stuff into a microphone, it's being taped, and like it's happening so you can take the tape with you if you want to, all that good stuff. Now, one night, this man prayed for a boy and talked out loud about how this boy was going to follow in his father's footsteps. How he was going to become a youth pastor, and eventually he would become an adult pastor of a church. And he mentioned some other things as well, and then he concluded by calling the boy by the wrong name. Oh. He quickly apologized once someone pointed out a mistake and said, that's not how you think it is. And the man informed everyone there that that particular prophecy and thing that he spoke over that kid wasn't meant for you, it's actually meant for you. Weird, right? Yeah. Awkward, strange, what's going on? I'm sitting in that room, I'm in high school, and I'm thinking, so these prayers are prophecies. They're supposed to be coming from God. So who just messed up here? <laughs> God or the God? And if it was God, then that's pretty disappointing on all kinds of levels. Right? Pretty disappointing. And if it was the guy, then was anything he was saying true? Because it didn't seem like he was tapping into anything. If he could call the kid by the wrong name, he'd be like, no, that wasn't for you, that was for so, little Phil the skeptic was called forward to pray over after this incident. That's interesting. So, I'm there standing in front of this crowd of people, in front of a man that claims to be directly connected to God, and I personally don't really believe it. And yet, at the same time, I'm kind of scared that he might really be connected, and then instead of revealing my potential future, he's just going to, like, air out all my dirty laundry and expose, like, secrets, like, dark, deep ones, you know, like... I don't know, I don't believe you, but what if? What are you going to say? I don't know. Well, he spoke out loud about me connecting with youth. He said, I see you working with students. I see you talking to them in ways that truly relate and connect. He mentioned all kinds of different settings that were clearly not church settings. He talked about seeing me in living rooms, sitting on couches, sitting on stools, being outside and talking to students. And then he dropped the bomb. He said this phrase, I see you in trampoline centers. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, 
to work at Northwest Airlines. I actually liked it. How fun. Didn't know that would happen. Now, fast forward a little bit more through some pretty cool connections. Ian and I were hired by BCM to run and throw a youth program that was not considered church. That's kind of what hooked me anyway. Uh, one of my professors said, Phil, we found this program, we found this place, and it's not church. You might like it. <laughs> I was like, okay, let's go check it out. We came out here, we spent a weekend here, we talked to some people, we never saw the people running the program, we never saw the program in process. They called us that weekend and offered us the job, and we never knew what we were going to be paid. <laughs> Ridiculous. And we showed up, and we came here, and we did it. We knew we were going to have several jobs to make it work, and it seemed crazy, but we, we went for it. Quickly in the sky, we found ourselves gravitating towards articles like this one. An article that I've kept all these years. This is Moby, the DJ. Um, he's been around for a long time. This article is probably 14 years old, right? I ripped it out of the magazine because I liked it that much. I do that. <laughs> but anyway, Moby in this is called Faith, Salvation, and Everything in Between. And I highlighted two portions that I want you to read. These are some of the breadcrumbs, by the way. Um, he says, Moby says this, as a Christian, you're like, wait a second, Moby's a Christian? That's cool. Uh, I feel very shut out from a lot of contemporary Christianity. I was like, me too. You know? Like, I read that and I'm like, yeah. My understanding of what it means to be a Christian is to, in your own subjective way, recognize Christ as being God and recognize our shortcomings and our failings. And try to live according to the teachings of Christ as best we can. And I find it so strange that I look at the behavior of so many Christians and I don't see any aspect of the teachings of Christ represented there. But I remember the quote about taking the log out of your own eye before you can see the speck in someone else's. We talked about that. Um, so I don't want to get into the position of judging other Christians. I fully admit that a lot of my actions and a lot of the things that are still in my life are inconsistent with my beliefs as a Christian. I'm a very secular person. I was like, dude, I love everything you just said. I love it. And then right at the end, he says this. As is the case with any other Christian, Moby's relationship with the world is, to use his own description, complicated. But he does have advice for today's young generation of Jesus lovers, and it comes out in a torrent of words that Moby seems to have stopped up waiting for open ears. It starts with something out of the Bible, Matthew 10, 16. Be as wise as a snake and as innocent as a dove. The DJ preaches humbly. Go into the world and protect yourself and be innocent and understand what the core of you really is. Christ didn't retreat from the world. Some people have to, but Jesus threw himself into the world. He hung out with some really sketchy people. That's one of those things that always fascinates me in the Bible. One of my other favorite quotes is, those who are sick are in need of a doctor. And the sad thing is, we're all sick. It's part and parcel of the human condition. And it's especially part of the parcel of living in the United States in the 21st century. We're all sick, deeply unhappy, disconnected, unwell people. We need each other, and we need God. And if God made the universe, and if God made us, and if God made the world, it just makes sense to invite God into our lives and ask him, you made me, what should I be doing? 
read that article like 12, 14 years ago, man, and I was like, man, that sounds pretty interesting. That doesn't sound like some of the stuff I grew up with, but it does sound interesting. I also found myself showing music videos like the one I was going to show you, but not 710. Um, it's, it's an old one, so you guys probably like it. Uh, what I did find interesting about it was this, though. <laughs> I still remember, I stumbled across the music video. It's by a band named Jimmy E. World, who was popular at one point in time. And they made this song called Middle. It's a great song. It's fabulous. It talks about, like, you're just in the middle of the ride. And if you hold on, everything's going to be all right. But the music video starts with this girl pulling up. And she's in the car, and she's fully clothed. <clears throat> We'll get why I said that in a minute. She gets out of the car, she walks up to a house where you can clearly hear a party going on, she opens the door, and inside, everyone is in their underwear. Awesome. <laughs> right? So, like, it's just guys and girls, and they're dancing around in their underwear, and I showed this to the middle school students. And we talk about it because the girl's fully clothed, and she's walking through the party, and she feels out of place. Right? Rightfully so. She eventually, like, then you start to see that there's a guy who's walking through the party. He is fully clothed, and he feels out of place, too. And then before you know it, they're both, like, in some room, and they're just, like, frustrated. They're starting to strip down to their underwear. And, like, they look up, and they both see each other doing this, and then they, like, smile, connect, and then they both get dressed, and they walk out of the party hand in hand. And so we show this video to students, and we talk about, man, who gets to dictate what's the standard? Who gets to tell you why you're weird and why they're normal? Like, we just break it apart on all these levels. And what I love about it was, that was like one of my first mind-blowing realizations, that like, we can talk about things that really matter in any kind of a setting. We can use music videos to do it. We can use lyrics to do it. All we really have to do, though, is find those common universal things that are like shared to the human experience, shared to us. What are we gonna uncover that matters, is meaningful, is true? Let's talk about that. And let's do it however we have to. I love You can go Google it, it's fine. Uh, old song though, good song. I even found myself, I spoke at graduation, and I was told before I went up, I can't talk about God at all. And I was like, great. It's what I thought, because I'm never going to say God, and I'm never going to say Jesus, but everything I'm talking about is God. And that's so funny. So funny. I got to stand up at a high school graduation, and all I did was talk about God. But no one thought I did because I didn't say it, right? Interesting. I found myself speaking at a memorial. And uh, it's my first one, and it was so close to home. It was here in this county, and a father came up to me afterwards, and he said, Phil, we should do this more often. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. Like, slightly twisted, slightly cool. <laughs> like, I give it to no, yes, right? Yes to the fact that we need to have more opportunities to connect at this kind of depth, at this kind of meaning, on a regular basis. It needs to happen. It has to happen. 
he sensed that there was more to life passing us by all the time. All the time. And we're not getting to it. We're not digging. We're not intentionally setting out to talk about it. And as a result, we're missing it. We're missing it. Now, I've done this chronologically for you, okay? So now, still doing Sky 10 to 12 years later. I, along with four other readers, took a group of students down to Denver to go to a haunted corn maze, which, by the way, scared the crap out of all of us. Um, it was awful. Awful. You can go to the really cheesy ones, the ones that pay top dollar, and they scared us. It was bad. Um, on the way down, we noticed on the side of the road, we saw a familiar car. And they were like, isn't that so-and-so's car? I'm like, no. Check the license plate. Yeah, it is. So we pulled over. What? The students did. I didn't. Anyway. Stop calling on details that don't matter. No. been involved in this car chase with the cops. So we pulled into this nearby place at Denver West to grab some food, and when we did, we saw two students being escorted out of the Barnes and Noble there in handcuffs. We knew both of them were Sky students. Um, neither of which owned the car that we had passed. So, students, listen up to this one. This is funny. So I went over to the police, and I offered them the name of the student they were probably still looking for. <laughs> right? I'm like, I know those two, they don't own the car. Police, here you go. This is who you're looking for. <laughs> you know, I know his name, I have his numbers, here's his parents' numbers, by the way. They're like, who are you? I'm like, I know these kids, man, you need to catch him. Um, <laughs> eventually, he turned himself in, and the students watched everything from inside the restaurant. They were like pressed up against the little you know, watching this all go down. Needless to say, everyone was a bit bummed after this. It was just sad. And it was like, our mood had gone from like, we're going to a corn maze to like, <laughs> just happened, you know? And so we called this spontaneous meeting of leaders. The five of us got together, me and the other four, and we were like, what are we going to do? We can't go to a corn maze right now. This is stupid. Like, we have to do something that lifts the spirits back up, something that puts us back in the mood to have fun because we're all a bit depressed right now. So this new student overheard me. And he was like, you should totally go to where, where I work. And so then I was like, excuse me, hi, I don't know. <laughs> He's a new student, so he introduced himself. He said, by the way, my name's Zach. And uh, I'm on this trip because a friend invited me. So there you go. Um, I live in Breckenridge and I live in Denver. And my dad scored me a job at this new place. We should totally go there because you'll have loads of fun. And I look at this guy, Paul Steinweg, and Paul Steinweg, I'm like, yep, let's do it. I'm like, all right, fine. I'm just kind of bummed out because I'm kind of also a control freak, and I love to have control. That's what a control freak is. And so my plans and my organization were being thrown out of the window, and we're just going to this place where this kid works, I guess. I don't know. So we all hop in the cars. We drive over there. We told him to kind of point the way. I was a bit frustrated. I was also contemplating what in the world is going to happen to these three students. Um, the mood did feel heavy, so I knew that something had to give. So if it's my plan, it's great. Let's just get rid of my plans. We arrived to this older building on the outside. I walked in, and I saw trampolines everywhere. 
too weird. <laughs> we walked in and just by chance stumbled into the first, newest, and only Jump Street in Denver, Colorado. It was the first one they had made. Now they're like everywhere. Um, I burst into tears. <laughs> and, and I grabbed one of my leaders and I said, I have to go call my parents right now. And so I ran outside and I called them and I said, you won't believe where I am. And you won't believe the fact that I didn't plan to come here. Like the, the events that transpired for me to be standing in this place were not mine. This is crazy. Man, like I, I really can't put into words how it felt or how it still feels. But it was like this crazy moment where I felt like, man, I am feels good. It feels really good. So, um, with that said, like that's the thing I always, I pray for more of those moments. I pray for more of those moments for Anne, for myself, for my boys, for my for Sky students, for all of you. Like, if there's one thing I think we need more of it's some of those moments. Where you suddenly feel grounded and you feel like this is my path. And I'm going to take the next step, whatever it is. I'm going for it. Now, Sky in a nutshell. It was something we genuinely never saw coming. We didn't plan on it. We came out here. We said three years. Give me three years. At the beginning, it was like a quarter-time job for like one of us. And then like it turned into like a quarter-time job for both of us. And it just kept going, and it was really small attendance at the beginning, too. And if, if you had told us what it would be 15 years later, we'd be like, Phew. that skeptic in me would come up and be like, Phew. no way. If you had told us, like, the lives it would change, including ours, just couldn't see it. Just couldn't see it. And so here we are at More to Life. MTL. <laughs> By the way. And what's crazy is that there's there have been these breadcrumbs all along the way leading to this. If I could go back and I could say, man, I just need to listen to my life. I just need to have ears and I need to hear it. I would have seen this second chapter coming. Instead of being blindsided by it. But here it is nonetheless. Northwest Airlines. talking to people about their lives. I love having people come to me and say, would you please pray about this? I love it happening not in the setting of any form of church. <laughs> I love talking about life. And I got to do it with those people back then. It was so great. I remember that father coming up to me at the memorial saying, maybe we should do this more often. And I remember thinking, we should. Someone should hop on that. I never stopped to think that that someone should be me. And I should figure out a way for that to happen. Endless concerts, endless songs, endless videos. I love talking about them. Something I'm introducing this summer, because I can't go a whole summer without doing something related to mortal life. So we're going to do something in the summer. But one of the things I'm going to try and do is uh, <coughs> tackle a song block 
And so like, what we're going to do is like, look at some songs. And I'm just going to talk about the meaning of the lyrics and tell you to go watch the video and put a link there and be like, check this out. Because I love to do that. Before we, Ann and I actually said we're going to pull the trigger, we're going to like start year zero of more life. I met with this guy down in Denver and I asked him basically why I shouldn't do it. And at the end of the conversation, he was like, you should. <laughs> I was like, oh, that was a great meeting. Thanks. And then we also went to see this guy, Rob Bellsby. Actually, with John Ballman as well. Ann and I went. It was like a birthday present for me. And I went to that meeting. And I sat in a room with people. And I was like, this is it. We have to find a way to talk about life in interesting, compelling, inspiring, encouraging ways. Ways that connect, ways that relate, ways that are true, ways that people feel it. And Ann and I both walked out of there and we just kind of looked at each other. <laughs> you know? And we were like, bam. We're doing it. It was like the next day, we were like writing the name down. We were like figuring out where we were going to meet, how this was going to happen. I, last October this year, I went to a reunion of sorts with some of my friends from college. And it was another one of those weird moments. <laughs> one of my friends woke up the next morning and he gave me a card. And he had written on it. And I go, what the hell are you doing? And he's like, Phil, totally. It's never happens to me. But he's like, I don't know, man. I just prayed for you, and I felt like I had something to write down. And I was like, well, tell me about it. Don't give me a card. <laughs> We're friends and all, right? And he's like, OK, I'll tell you about it, then I'll give you the card. And he said, I just said a simple prayer for you. When I did, I saw you riding on a horse. Have I told you this before? My name's Philip, and it means lover of horses. And I hate them. I hate horses. Like, I don't hate them like I'm going to kill them, but like, I don't like them. They're big. They're a little bit out of my comfort zone as far as the control factor goes. Like, horses. It's a great name for my dad because he loves them. Not so much for me. So anytime someone says something, and it's kind of been an inside joke, I feel like, between me and God. If someone comes up to me and they say something about me and horses, I pay attention very quickly. It's interesting. Anyway, my friend doesn't know this. And he goes, I saw you riding on a horse. I was like, seriously? Like, that's like, what am uh. And so then I said, well, what, what next? He's like, you were on that horse, and you were so focused so determined, and it was like you were chasing after something, and that's all I saw. What he didn't know was, in October, I was seriously like debating whether or not like more to life should be something. And the whole time, like the things that stand in my way are three boys. You know what I mean? So many of the things that I love to do and I want to do in this world, they don't make money. <laughs> it's like, it's like I'm trying to do some things and, and, and I want to see a path forward. And James just told me, he's like, I saw you on this horse and you were chasing after it. You were, you were going after it. Came back from that reunion and I told Anna, I said, just have to chase after it. I can't tell you. I don't know. We just got to do it. We just got to pour ourselves in and go for it.
again. Um, last one is this. All throughout the year, we've had unexpected and unsolicited and very generous donations. To like pay for rent here, to help pay for supplies, to help pay for some of my time and to make things happen. And it keeps happening. And it keeps happening. It keeps happening. And so like all of these breadcrumbs, again, like I take each one and I'm like, boom, there it is on the path. Boom, there it is on the path. So this is the word I want to leave you with tonight. Hanani. And says it sounds like nana nana, but it's not. It's hanani. It's a Hebrew word and it appears eight times in the Old Testament in the Torah. And every time it appears, it's spoken by someone who is right in the middle of transition. It's spoken by someone who doesn't know their future and in fact is scared and anxious and nervous about what's next. They're not sure where this is going to go. And in fact, they can't see step number seven, step number 24. All they can see is step one. And step one is Hanani. And it means here I am. The lesson to be learned from Hanani is you show up. That's what you do. You're looking down and you're saying, I don't know what that next step is. And I can't see step number 10. And I'm not sure how we're going to get from here to there. And I don't know about those details. And I feel like everything's a bit overwhelming. And I'm not sure what to do. And it's just that first step of saying, here I am. And for me, when I look back at Sky, that's kind of what we did. <laughs> it was interesting, and it was weird. And 15 years later, it's pretty impressive and pretty amazing. And so for you, oh, at the end of year zero, this is my word. And for year one, just want to ask you if you'll take that first step with more life in year one. Because here's what I want to promise you. I want to promise you that if you show up, that good things are going to happen. I want to promise you that there's going to be moments where you look down and you know you're on your path. I want to promise you that I'll show up. And you can ask us to pray about whatever you want. And you can ask us to tackle whatever topic. And you can ask us to tweak it in various ways. But I know that if we can say, here we are, that good things will follow. There are good things in store. I'm really excited about you. I wish we could go through the summer. <laughs> but I'm really excited for year one. So I'll end with this. MTL, sometimes I call it MTL Breck because it works better as a hashtag. <coughs> MTL is all about helping you and me wake up another morning and see the reality that your life is a gift. And that you have something to give. And so that today, the day in front of you, you can truly live and be fully human. I said it in the last email, but I said we all need an activity or space that helps us imagine ourselves and our stories beyond the limited definitions into which we tend to settle. We all need something that helps us forget ourselves for a little while and allows us to sense, feel, and see the more to life. 
to briefly get lost and forget our age, our gender, our socioeconomic background, our responsibilities, and our failures. We need something that pulls us so far out of ourselves that we forget to eat, forget to pee, forget to mow the lawn, forget to resent our enemies, forget to brood over our insecurities. It's my sincere hope that MTO can be that intentional space for you, that intentional activity for you, a place that you can come and be so completely absorbed that for a brief magical spell, you will be able to truly come back to your senses and just be present the gift of life that you've received. That you will see more hidden within yourself, more hidden within others, and more hidden in everything. So, until next time, friends, may you wake up every day and simply show up to your gift of life. May you see the true reality that your life is a gift and that it matters. May you respond to your gift of life by giving to others and pursuing a good story. And in doing so, may you discover that you're truly alive, that you're truly living. And when you step into moments where you discover that you are on your path, not his path, not her path, but yours, may you experience the more that is always waiting for you just beneath the surface. Amen. 7.30. I have to give you the FYI quick. The FYI down here says you can bet I'm still going to bug you throughout the summer with some blog updates, some MTL playlists, and some thoughtful insight nudges for living a better story, because I can't make it through an entire summer without doing what I love most. So just know this ahead of time. It will happen. If you want to get on a list to be bugged, there's paper back there, and you can sign up and give us your cell phone, give us your email, and we'll be sending some stuff out for you. And I promise, come September, MTL Breck is going to ramp back up with some sort of kickoff. And to tell the truth, the rest is going to be a surprise to you and me. And, and it's going to be fun. And it's going to be exciting because, just remember, today, to say I'm here. What next? What's the next step? What's it going to look like? What's it going to be? Anyway, thank you guys for showing up. We've got the chill desserts coming out. 